on the road to heaven. You know, there are a lot of exits on the road to heaven. Praise God. And I'm going to read to you uh, from Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, those who've traveled before us, let us lay aside every weight and sin that thus so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Who are we looking forward to? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and has sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. Praise God. There is uh, a road to heaven. We're all traveling it. But there are many exits, exits, and I'm going to talk to you about those exits today and some, uh, some uh, about this road called going to heaven. Lord, I love you and praise you for this morning. I thank you, Lord, for this message. I'm asking you, Lord, to help me, dear God, to speak to your people. And God, I'm going to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen? You may be seated. Praise God. I, uh, I ordered from Home Depot, I ordered uh, a uh, drill and a saw and batteries and a whole bunch of things uh, in a big packet so I can have it in my truck. And uh, praise God. And uh, uh, us, us guys, we like toys, praise the tools. And uh, praise God. So I got it in my truck. My truck's an amazing thing. If I ever come upon something that I need and I don't have it, the next time I'm at the store, I generally buy it if it's, you know, within financial reason. That, because I always use it. So that truck's got everything but the kitchen sink because I never wash my hands. But anyways, praise God. Good enough. So I got this packet from Home Depot, and when I opened it up, there was no instructions. There was no saw blade. And uh, I thought, maybe it didn't come with it. Who knows? It was in the picture. But as I began to charge the batteries, the batteries uh, would not charge. So I began to realize that it was something someone else had taken back. And so I was so eager to get it back that one night after uh, vacation Bible school, I said to myself, I said, you know what? I wonder how late they're open. So I called Home Depot in Salem. They're open till 10. And I was like... I can make it up there and make it back. So out of the house I went. I got on 11, went up to the Columbiana exit. I got off on 344, and I headed over. And there's a and that's a two-lane highway, nice road. And I got to this side road, farm road, a lot of these farmers and everything. And it was called, praise God, that road was uh, 790. And uh, I... Took 790 back over to a nice two-lane highway and went right into Home Depot. Great. Praise God. Followed the GPS. It all worked out great. Hey, man, was up there within 20 minutes, and everything was great. And uh, met Caleb. Caleb met me there. We, I cannot go to Home Depot without him. He was there, and we walked around a little bit. Hey, man. And so I got back. I got back on. Hey, man, 14, it was two-lane highway, went down to 790, the farm road. I went on, and I somehow went too far past 344. Praise God. Yeah, oh, boy. Hey, man, 
Because from that point on, I was on two roads, back roads, people's driveways, everything. Right underneath this main highway that was going over top of me that I could have been going 70 miles an hour. I was on all these back roads. It took me 20 minutes more. And I don't know if I ought to say this, but there's one less coon in Columbiana County. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. Come up between two cornfields up over a hump, and there he was. Praise God. And we both went. Praise God. And it was one of them things you never look back. You just shut your eyes and say, sorry, Jesus, and keep going. But it took me 20 minutes to get farther to get home that night, praise the Lord. Because, amen, I did not get on the main four-lane highway. Amen. Praise God. It was all back roads. 20 minutes more. And I hate wasting time. Praise God. You know, the first thing that we need to do before we go somewhere is we need to find out how to get there. In the old days, we used to look up maps, right? We looked up maps and praise God, and we said, okay, we take this route to this intersection, to this route to this intersection. Today we have things called GPSs, and, and there's Google Maps. If you ever take a trip, get on the Google Map, amen, and you can look at it. You can look at the intersections that you need to turn on. You can check them out. You, you, can, you can take your trip before you take your trip, sitting in your office, praise God. But there's a thing called uh, a GPS, amen. And someone asked me when they first came out, amen, they came and they brought me for Christmas or my birthday or something. They bought me my G, a GPS, praise the Lord. And then they asked me this question that you ask old folks. Do you know what a GPS is? And I'm like, of course I know what a GPS is. It's George's personal system. Praise God. A GPS. Amen. And what a GPS. Do you realize, I didn't know this till last night, there are four to 5,000 satellites floating around up there. Praise God. And your GPS on your phone will connect to one of those satellites. Someone this week said to me, they said, praise the Lord, don't you know the government's following you around with that GPS? I was like, really? They're that bored? Praise God. But there's four to 5,000, 4,555, give or take a couple. So four to 5,000, praise God, satellites floating around up there in space, praise God, and your GPS or your phone or whatever your tracking system is will pick up at least three of them, and then it will pinpoint where you are, exactly where you are, praise God, and to get from one place to where you're going, the best way for me to do it, I don't know about you, the best way for me to do it Amen, is to go the closest and easiest route. I don't like traveling farm roads underneath a four-lane, 70-mile highway. 
I like to be up on that highway. I wanted to call it a stupid highway, but right now I'm the one stupid. Praise God. Amen. We like to be on that highway, don't we? Amen. We like to travel. Praise the Lord. There was a time that I was out on a boat. Brother Pinkerton, Tom Pinkerton, amen. I took the men up to do a fishing trip on, in, in, on, uh, on a Saturday. And uh, I went up Friday, a day early. And I said to Tom Pinkerton, I said, Tom, I said, amen, can you, um, uh, I, I went up to help him get it ready. And he said to me about 6 o'clock, he said, would you like to go out on the lake? Lad, that would be nice. And so we took the boat out on the lake. And we sat out there and we watched the sunset. And it kept getting darker and darker and darker. And I would say to Tom, I would say, should we go in? Because I kind of generally know the direction. No, that's all right. We sat and we sat until it got dark. You wouldn't have been able to see from one side of this church to the other. It got that dark out there. And I said to him, I said, Tom... Are we okay? Sure, we're okay. So he took me up. He said, I'll let you do the driving while I put the fishing equipment away. I said, okay. So he starts the boat up. He reaches up on this little panel, and he puts in what's this thing called a concordance. He typed it into that uh, GPS on that boat, and it came up with two numbers with dots beside them. And he said, as long as you keep this boat headed to zero, zero. He said, if you get too far to the right, he said, then it'll go up one. He said, you get way too far, it'll go up two, three, four, up to ten. He said, ten, you're going the opposite direction. But he said, if you run that thing around and you always keep that boat, he said, for instance... If you're riding down through there, he said, and all of a sudden your attention is on something, and you accidentally look up, say, I'm headed for that door, and my attention's not on it anymore, and I'm doing something, and the boat starts to head this direction. If I look up and that's number one, I'm sorry, number one on my right side, If I turn that boat, praise God, no matter where I'm at, amen, and I keep it on zero, zero, you end up in your destination. Praise God. And he said, and when we got within about, I don't know, 50 feet or what from the harbor, the thing started beeping and screaming at me. Slow down. You're close to land. And I thought about that, and I thought about, man. Uh, you know, how the Holy Ghost helps us be just like that GPS. We're walking for the Lord. We're talking for God. We're doing the things of God. Amen. And before you know it, we get wrapped up with vacations. Or we get wrapped up with, uh, you know, uh, different activities. We get wrapped up with different things. And before you know it, praise the Lord, we get kind of off a little bit. And where we're going, we're not quite headed for the Lord anymore. We're not quite headed for heaven. We've kind of become lackadaisical with our prayers. We've become lackadaisical with our fastings. We've become lackadaisical with our importance and living for the Lord and putting God first. And then all of a sudden we come to our senses and we look down at the Holy Ghost and the numbers are off. It's not zero, zero anymore. And we realize, praise God, that we've got to make a little bit of an adjustment 
And we've got to get back on. Zero, zero. Why? Because we want to head towards heaven and then towards God. Praise God. You see, the way to God is always the straight way. The way to God is always the straight way. It's always the fastest and easiest way to the Lord. Jesus tells us in Matthew 7 and 13, he said, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and narrow is the way that leadeth to destruction. I'm sorry, wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go to thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth to life, and there are few that find it. You know, praise God. There's that big 70 mile an hour four lane highway where I kind of relax. Amen. Praise the Lord. And just drive down through there and kind of can just relax. Amen. And sometimes in life, we don't get up on that big highway of God and do what God wants us to do and live the way that God wants us to live and, be, and live the way God made us to live. Sometimes, praise God, we get down on that uh, two-lane highway because we mess up somehow. And all of a sudden, we're down there, amen, putting forth e- efforts, amen, praise the Lord. Uh, you know, doing all kind of things, Amen. Praise God. But, you know, first of all, you need a direction. We need to know where we're going. Praise God. We need to look it up. You say, where, oh, I, you know, I want to go somewhere. And uh, we say, where do you want to go? I don't know where I want to go. you got to have a place to go. You have to have a direction. You either In the old days, you either had to have a map or you have to have a GPS. I like taking trips. I put two things on my phone. I put the GPS and I put a book. And the book reads to me and the GPS tells me how to drive. Praise God. I'm listening to a good book. Turn right at the next intersection. Praise the Lord. The Bible tells us, amen, we have to have a direction. 2 Corinthians, Paul tells the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 4 and 3, he said, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of this glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine in them. We need the gospel, praise God, to tell us how to get there. We need the preaching, we need the church, we need all those things, praise the Lord. That's why the Bible says, forsake not the assemblings of themselves together. He creates a church that's hungry for God, and he creates a pastor or a preacher to get up in this pulpit to try his best, amen, to help you live for the Lord. It's almost like the natural. We have those that like to cook, and we, like, we have those that like to eat. And it makes us have a good time, doesn't it? Some of you like to cook and some of us like to eat. And I'm glad some of you like to cook because I'd starve if you didn't. Because I don't know how to cook. But there's preachers that got the burden to preach. And there's the people that's got the burden to know from God, that want to hear from God. Praise God. You see, the road to heaven is a wonderful highway. Amen. But there's a lot of exits along the way. 
And they're enticing. You know what's amazing about an exit? You're driving along the four lane, and an exit doesn't just make a complete right, does it? It's not fast, is it? It kind of runs along the side of the highway, doesn't it? You can be going along the highway thinking, I'm on the four lanes, and then come to your senses and realize, I'm getting off an exit. Praise the Lord. And that's the same way it is with walking with the Lord. There are times you think, I'm in the church, I'm doing great, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And then you come to your senses and realize, no, I'm not. Praise God. Have you ever had people say, I'm still praying, I'm still coming to church, yeah, once a month. I'm still, praise God, I'm still talking to God, I'm still living whole, I'm still doing this, I'm still doing that, and they're gradually, you can watch them gradually pull away from the church. Praise God. And they've taken an exit, and you're like, wait a minute, something's not right here, oh no, see I'm right beside you, I'm just a little farther away. And an exit keeps getting farther and farther Away, praise God. Amen. And so an exit is something that just gradually comes along. Well, I'm still doing the things for God. I'm still running. I'm still, praise God. But you realize they're getting farther and farther away. They're missing church. And then all of a sudden they come to their senses and say, Oh my Lord, I've not been in church for three weeks. Because they're off the exit. They've done, missed the boat. Praise God. But there are a lot of exits that come in life. And this one has hit me real hard. So it's my first one. It's the exit of losing the desire. We're living in a world today when the world has lost their desire for God. And that affects us the weather outside the heat outside affects whether we run the air conditioner or whether we run the furnace and the same thing with the attitude of the world affects the church and the world does not care for the things of God and if we don't watch it is going to rub on off on us and be worse to us than COVID was It's the loss of the desire to live for God. We're all struggling with it. And the reason I said I made it number one was because I find myself struggling with it. I have 168 hours in a week. God gives me 24 hours in a day. 168 hours in a week. I have. And if you take four hours, and that's time to get ready, that's time to go to church, and that's time to go out and eat. And you times that times three. That's 12 hours in a week that I give to going to the house of the Lord. Out of 168 hours that week. That means there's 156 hours 
that I get to do whatever I want to. But how many times on Wednesday night do I think, oh, tonight is church. And I've got to go down. I'm tired. Praise God. And I've got to go down to church. Some of you don't work a secular job in that, so you don't really feel that. Maybe it's your highlight, but praise God. If you think back to the times when your schedule was pretty packed, amen. And we think, you know, whatever happened to the old saying, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Is it possible that we might start to be taking the exit that says, amen, we are losing our desire to be in church and to praise God and to see our brothers and sisters and to hear from the word of the Lord? Is it possible that that exit is getting farther and farther away from the mainstream? And there's going to come a time, praise God, when we will be so far away we won't see the things of God anymore or really even care about the things of God anymore because we've taken the exit of the desire of the losing the desire. I'm going to talk to the ministry today. I've, I work with ministers. I work, there are ministers that call me. You'll never know they call me. And just here recently, I've had ministers that have called me, that pastors of churches and stuff, and they've said to me, they've said, I think I've lost my calling for this area. I said, maybe not. I said, maybe you've just lost your desire for your calling. I ask God all the time, I say, God, I don't want to lose my desire to be a preacher. Because here's the deal. I'm just telling you how it's working with me. And maybe you can fit it with what's working for you. I have 40 people a week calling me, wanting me to wash my windows. And I can't beg, pay somebody to teach them home Bible study. So you know what I want to do? I just want to be busy washing windows because that's what wants to be done. I could lose my desire to be a preacher and a minister and be a pastor. Some churches tell their pastors, say, we don't want you working a secular job because we don't want you to not put the church first. Well, I have never struggled with that, but I'm telling you, it's there. My church is always my first priority. Praise God, but we've got to be careful that we don't start losing the desire to minister. Because it's not there. You can lose the desire to sell ice in Florida in the middle of the summer. Or I'm sorry, ice in, in, in uh, um, Canada, the top of Canada in the middle of winter. Because nobody wants it. So be careful you don't lose your desire for your ministry. Whatever your ministry is, be careful Praise God, because it, it doesn't seem. And so we've got to be careful we don't lose our desire. Praise God. How about the exit of worldly desire? Something in the world that you want. You see, I'm on the road to heaven. And I'm going to tell you something. The devil will make exits for me to destroy my life, my ministry, and my reputation. He will make exits for me with worldly desires. Things of the world that comes up. And 
What happens? I'm driving down the highway to life, to heaven. And I'm just enjoying singing, praising God, having Christian music on the radio. And, and I'm just enjoying the things of the Lord. And before I know it, hey man, there's something in the world that gets a hold of me. And I kind of just start to take the exit. Oh, I can see I'm still on the way to heaven. I'm still headed the same direction. I'm still going the same way. But before you know it, I get farther and farther and farther. And that's the way the devil works. It's just a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. And before I know it, amen, I'm wrapped up in a world. And then I think back and I think, oh, my Lord, how did I ever get this far away from God and the things of God? How do I ever get back up on that highway? How do I ever get back to go where I need to go? Find the word of God. Find a, a, an entrance that will get me there. So you're driving down the road of life. You're on the highway. That's why you need to get over in the left lane and live for God as hard as you can. <laughs> Stay as far away from exits you can. Be in church all you can. Live for God all you can. Pray all you can. Seek ye first all you can. Do it all. Get over here in the left lane because you don't even want to get close to those exits. Praise God. Isn't it amazing? What's the fastest lane? It's the left lane. Praise God. Until you get somebody that doesn't know that and they get over there. But you're over there in that left lane and it's the fastest lane. Praise God. And all of a sudden, you're traveling down that road of life and something happens to you that you can't understand. You don't like it. Let me tell you something. We all have a will. We all have a will. We have a will from where the thermostat's going to be set to what we eat, to what goes on around us, to how it's going to be run, to how it's going to be done. We've all got a will. And when God does something that's not in our will, and we don't understand, and He hurts us, it could be a financial devastation. It could be the loss of someone you love. It could be something that was done to you that you don't quite understand. I've had pastors and preachers and ministers, amen, do things to me. At the time, I did not understand what they were doing, amen, and I was hurt, I was devastated, I was angry with them. But the more I prayed and the more I talked to God, the more God helped me to understand that that man was out for my welfare. But we can take the exit, amen, praise God. We can take that exit of not trusting God. I'm angry with God because of what He's done to me. I'm angry with God for where I'm at. I'm angry with God for what I don't have. I want you to know something tonight. Every one of us can take an access of our life and say, well, you know, God didn't give me this. This one little thing God didn't give me. And all the things we got, we're just so upset that God didn't give us that one thing. He didn't give us that one thing. So we don't trust God. So we take the exit. Praise God. When somebody's devastated, one of the hardest things for me to do is to look at them and say, don't stop trusting God. 
Don't ever stop letting go of his hand. Don't ever stop. I don't, I don't understand what you're going through. I don't understand what you're struggling with. But don't ever stop trusting God. Don't ever take that exit. Praise God. And get off the highway to heaven. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Because there are times that we're hurt. There's times that we don't understand. I asked the Lord a question while all the trials and tests. All my life seems to be a struggle. When will I ever rest? He said, I'm like a miner that pans for gold each day. I must reach down and rid you from all the dirt and clay. I cover you with water and shake you all around and rid you from the rocks and dirt that hold you to the ground. You are a tarnished nugget and my work has just begun until I begin to polish you to your shining like the sun. Praise God. Amen. You may not understand, but don't take that exit. Don't get off the highway to heaven. Praise God. People will be people. People will say things they shouldn't say. People will do things they shouldn't do. I don't like that driver. I don't want to be beside him anymore. I'm just getting off this exit. And you get off the exit to heaven. Praise God, because you don't like it. I don't like this highway. I don't like where God's taken me. I'd rather be driving the back roads and the fields and the, and the farmer's roads than to be up on that nice big highway. Why? Because I'm doing it my way. You know, it really blows my mind. Hey, man, when Moses comes in and he does a few pestants on the, on the, on the Egyptians. And those Egyptians, they said, we can do the same thing. So they throw a little more fleas on themselves. Think of it. You ready for this? Think of how much we've put ourselves through because of our will. My will. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to take the roads that I want to take. You know what's fun about the GPS? Sometimes I'll put the GPS on. And if I have a little extra time... (laughs) And I'll drive past something, and the GPS says, recalculating. So I'll do something wrong again. So it says, recalculating. I want to see how many times she'll do that until she says, I'm not talking to you anymore. Praise God. But, you know... All the time, God's sending us that signal. This is the best way to live. This is the best way to go. This is the highway. This is what you need to do. This is, and we got our GPS shut off, and we're doing it our way. How would you like to get in a car with someone, and, and you say, okay, we're going to Home Depot. Okay. Do you know how to get there? No. You're driving. I know. I'll figure it out. Just sit and relax. Well, that's the way some people live life. Praise God. I'm telling you, everything you buy has got a manual. And that manual tells you how he meant to live life. Your Bible tells you how to live life to the fullest. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Praise God. How about the exit of unforgiveness? You know, forgiveness is not relinquishing the punishment to the person. 
relinquish uh, for forgiveness is saying, I'm not going to have this ball and chain tied to me anymore. I'm going to be free from it. Unforgiveness is not going to fix it. It's not going to cause them any more pain. It's not going to cause them any more suffering. It's not going to do an ounce of anything to them. But I'll tell you what it is going to do. It's going to make your life miserable. And because you can't be on the road, on the four lane to heaven, and the Holy Ghost comes along and says, you need to get that out of your heart. And you say, I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. Matter of fact, God, I'm going to push you away. Don't talk to me about that anymore. And you start to take the exit off the main road to heaven. Because you're not going. You're going to do it your way. You're not going to forgive. Praise God. You see, the one thing about exits is it's got all the good places to eat. It's got all the entertainment. It's got all that. It's enticing, those exits are. Praise God. It's easy. The Bible said, broad is the way that leadeth destruction. There's many exits along the way. And unforgiveness, not forgiving. I'm telling you, praise the Lord. Get that ball and chain off of you. Just, It's not saying that what they did is right. It's not saying that what they... Uh, what they did should not be punished for. It's going to be taken care of them. God's going to take care of that. But what your forgiveness does is, it's saying, I'm not connected to that anymore. I'm not a part of that anymore. My blood does not flow with their blood anymore. Praise God. They're on their own. I'm going to love and pray for them. Praise God. Because we've all done things that needs forgiveness for Driving along the road, loving God. Before you know it, something comes up we need to do. We take off the exit. Amen. Yep, I'm still here. Still beside you. Amen. And then all of a sudden, something else comes up. Takes the time that God needs. Something else comes up. Takes the time. Before you know it, we're on the exit of activities. We are so busy doing what we're doing in this life, taking care of this, taking care of that, cutting that grass, doing this, doing this, doing that, doing this. Before you know it, praise God, we're too busy, too busy to be in church, too busy to be, amen, here, too busy to be there. We've got children, praise God. We might tell them God is the most important thing, but if we don't put him first, and so we're so busy, we're on the exit of activities. Praise God. Every day God gives us Amen. 24 hours. You know, life is like a pie. Amen. I, it was kind of funny. I asked them for the pizza on Friday night. And I said, how many pieces is in the pizza? Do you know how many pieces is in the pizza? Does anybody know how many pieces is in the pizza? Well, I'll tell you how many pieces is in the pizza. However you cut it. She come back and she wasn't being sarcastic. She said, it all depends on how many pieces you cut it. Okay. I can cut it four. I can cut it six. I can cut it eight. I wanted to tell her, okay, cut it nine pieces then. But it all depends on how you cut it. And it's the same way with the pie. 
It all depends on how you cut it. You got your day in front of you. You look at it. Well, we get up in the morning. We got work. We get up. We got this. We get up. We got that. We get up. We got this. We got up. And we cut that out of the pie. And then before you know it, hey, man, the day's done. What do we got for God? You see? He meant where our mentality ought to be when we look at the pie, when we look at the 24-hour day, we need to say, praise God, the first piece that comes out of that pie. I'm not going to preach on tithes, but I am going to say this about tithing. Your tithing, my preaching on tithing does nothing for my income. I don't receive from the tithing of the church. So I don't preach on tithing because of that. But I'm going to tell you this in the honesty of my heart. If we expect God to bless us, we have to pay our tithes. And I, 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 I learned this just recently. Your blessings does not come from your tithing. Your tithing is God's to begin with. Your blessings come from your giving. Because that tithing is God's to begin with. You're doing exactly what God tells you to do. To cut a tenth out to the Lord and give it to him. Your blessings come from your giving. Now, you might say, Pastor White, I struggle financially to pay tithes. I understand that. What you need to do is pray and work on it. Tell God, I want to be able to pay my tithes. Help me to work my financing to where I can get where I need to go. Praise the Lord. And so you're, you're paying your tithes, praise God, is unto the Lord. Amen. You cut out of that pie, God, first. The first thing that needs to come out of your paycheck is your tithes. And unto the Lord, praise God. Amen. And then the rest of the pie is for you. But see, amen. We get to where we're so busy with so many things and we're doing so many things that we take that exit of too many activities, too much going on. And before you know it, we're cutting out of the pie of our life everything for the world and the things of the world. And before you know it, we look at the pie and, oh, I've only got this much left for God. You see, there's a blessing in putting God first and saying, God, you know what you're saying? You're saying, God, I'm giving you your part and then I'm trusting you to take care of me. That's what you're saying when you do that. I'm not saying that because I need the money or we need the money. I'm saying that because you're not going to be blessed. You're going to be driving underneath the four-lane highway, trying to get back up there. Praise God. You know, in, in all the years I've pastored, it, I don't think it's a coincidence, but the people that struggle financially to pay their bills are the ones that don't pay tithes. The people that pay their tithes never seem to really struggle to pay their bills. I don't, it just might be a coincidence. Now, I said I wasn't going to pay. Once again, I'm not doing this for the money aspect. I'm doing this because I want you to know how you're going to be blessed. So the rest of it's up to you. It's totally up to you. Praise God.
That's how you're going to be blessed is when you give. But there's that exit of extra activities. Oh, we're still in church. We're still going to church, but it's less and less and less. Praise God. And I got things I want to do too. Praise the Lord. There's things I want to go. Amen. And I'll just be honest with you. There was one time when I took a Sunday and went and did a job because it was the only day that somebody could help me do that job. I don't know if I'll ever do that again. Praise the Lord. Now, my situation's different. I'm my own employer. Praise the Lord. But, and you might say, but Brother White, it's hard for me to get to church because of my job. It might be, but find a job you can get to church. And then God will bless you. I'm telling you, you don't get blessed by not putting God first. So you're driving down the road. Amen. And before you know it, there comes the exit of materialism. I'm telling you, we're living in a world of materialism. We've got more things than people have had for, I, I bet we're less than 1% of what people have had down over the years. We've got more things than most kings have had. Materialism, so much materialism. Praise God. Luke 16 and 13 says, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one or love the other, or else he will hold the one or despise the other. You can't serve God or man them. You see, materialism, Jesus tells us in Matthew 6 and 32, he said, For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth what you have need of these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto me. You. I want you to know something. When I was growing up, I grew up, and my mom and my two sisters was the only one in the church. And we grew up, praise the Lord, and I talked to God. I said, God, I said, I will live for you and walk for you, talk for you, but I want a good wife. I want a good life. I want a good business. I want a good everything. But Lord, I will live for you and walk for you. Praise God, because I did not think because of who he was, we would have it. And then all of a sudden, I was going to start my refrigeration, heating, cooling business. I was going to do this. I was going to do that. I was going to do this. But God said, no, I want you to go to Bible college. But God, that's not the direction. But I finally broke down and I said to God, just shortening everything I'm saying here today. I said to God, I said, God, I will do it. And I did. And I want to tell you something. He's given me everything I wanted. Even better than what I wanted. You think that you're going to get what you want. But I'm telling you, God, how can we not trust God to give us the good things? As parents, Jesus says, you ask of your children. If you ask them for a, 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 you know, a fish, would they give you a serpent? Or if they you ask them for bread, would they give you a stone? How can we not just trust God to give us? You see, because I'm going to tell you something. You don't know what you really want. God knows the desires of your heart. He knew what I wanted. He knew what I wanted. Praise God. And because I put him first and always did him first, he gave me the desires of my heart. Praise God. I did not get off the exit of self and do what I want and go after materialism, go after this, go after that, go after this. Praise God. I was going to kid you and say, 
Amen. God gave me everything I wanted and made me the happiest man in the world. And the joke was, I don't know if it makes my wife happy, me happy, but I'm happy. I'm sure she's happy. I got one more. And this is really, really important. It's called the exit of uh, weariness. Praise God. When you get older, you look back over life and all the things you've sacrificed for and all the things you've done. Praise God. Amen. John the Baptist was in prison. John the Baptist was ready to lose his neck. Why? Because he stood up for Jesus. He was ready to die. And John the Baptist looked and he sent one of his messengers to Jesus. And he said, art thou the Christ? Wait a minute, John. Wasn't you that said, lo, he cometh, behold, praise God, the one. Hey man, look, here he comes. Praise God. He is more worthy than me. I can't even lash his shoes. And now he's saying, are you the one? Do you know why? You ready for this? Because the devil knows if he can't stop you from doing the right thing from God, he'll make you regret you ever did it. He'll make you look back and he'll make you say, man, all them days I went to church. All those days I did that. All those days I was good. All those days I struggled with vacation Bible school. I taught Sunday school. I did all that. And I could have been up at the lake. I could have been out, praise God, riding my four-wheelers. I could have been all them things. But did I waste my time? Because you see, we all have got one life. Did I waste my time coming to East Liverpool and starting a church? Did I waste my time, praise God, being here every service, making sure that the house of God was open? Did I waste my time? We all do it. Did I waste my time being holy? Did I waste my time being righteous? Did I waste my time telling the truth? Did I waste my time being in church? Praise God. Because if the devil can't stop you from doing it, he can take away your blessing from you doing it. I was a Sunday school teacher all these years, and they never appreciated me. Well, your appreciation isn't supposed to come from them. It's supposed to come from God. Don't cash it in. You got a reward in heaven. Don't lose it. And so you're riding down the road of life, and all of a sudden, the Bible or the exit comes of weariness. But the Bible says, "Be not weary in well doing." For if you hold off, I, I've been witnessing, I've been talking to them, I've been praying for them. But is it a waste? Is it not going to do any good? We could sit there and shake our head, no, but there are times we struggle with it. Praise God. But it's, it's the exit of well-doing. Being, so here's, here it is. Galatians 6 and 8. For he that soweth to the flesh shall reap the flesh corruption. That word corruption does not mean sin. It actually means, it could mean sin. 
but it actually means, praise God, things that would decay. In other words, all the windows that I washed in this life, praise God, will come to naught. Because it gets dirty again. But he that soweth to the Spirit, but all the things I've done for God, will reap everlasting life, will bring souls. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season ye shall reap if you faint not. I will get paid for doing the windows. I will get blessed for doing the ministry. Praise God. Whatever you do in this life, amen, you will be blessed. Whatever you do in God. But elderly, you're traveling down the road, you look up, there's that sign. It says exit. Praise God, 99, because it's the last exit. And it's the exit of being weary for well-doing. Being weary for what you've done for God, I'm telling you, don't take that exit. Stay on that road to heaven. There's one more exit. That's that exit of brotherly love. John 13, it's the hardest hardest thing to do. It's hard to love one another. We're all different. We don't understand each other. Praise God. John 13, 35 says, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if you have love one for another. Love them. They're not right. I understand. They're God's children. I'm not right all the time. Praise God. But I'm telling you, and I'm going to close. God's road is easy. Because Matthew 11 and 28 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lonely in heart, and ye shall find rest in your souls. Why? For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you find yourself down on farm roads all over the place, not sure, praise God, frustrated, aggravated, not getting anywhere in life, come on up on the highway. Praise God. Get up here where it's 70 miles an hour. If you don't have air conditioner, you can put your windows down. Amen. Praise God. And stay off the exits. Stay in the left lane. I've often said, the harder you live for God, the easier it is. The easier you live for God, the harder it is. Let's stand. Praise God. How many love the Lord? How many of you are glad you are on the road of life? Praise God. You're on your road to heaven. Amen. Dear Lord, we love you and praise you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for your presence and your spirit. God, go with us. Let us depart from this place, but not from your presence. Let us stay living for you, walking for you, talking for you. And God, we're going to give you all the praise, glory, and honor. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen?